Is it possible that I maybe did not marry my soulmate? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Put me on the spot here. Uh, Actually, I would say on this end of it, no, it's not possible. But I think it... Yeah, well, this is a... <laughs> Goodness. I tricked, yeah. <laughs> you did tricks me. So are soulmates a real thing? Biblically speaking, hmm. as Christians and as people, even if, you're, even if you don't call yourself a Christian, is there such a thing as a soulmate, that hmm. one person that you were meant to be with for your life? As it turns out, this idea of a soulmate comes from as you did some research, yeah, it comes some, from pretty far back in terms of historical back. thinking and philosophies and even some religious ideas. And so we're going to unpack kind of what we're calling, maybe it's a giveaway, but the myth <laughs> of the soulmate. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> kind of got me there. Sorry. <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> I sure hope, I sure hope, I don't, I don't know. Cause you want, you want to think that, I, I think it was kind of a trick question. So here's, uh, it was a trick question. Thank you. So <laughs> I'm flummoxed right now. Um, so here's the thing. I think Selena, because I know you, because I know the type of person you are, I think you could you could have probably married a number of guys and ended up never happy with them. They would have been very happy with you. Very happy. A with number you. of different guys, not all at one time. That's right. Funny. <laughs> not, yeah. Not at, not all at one time. And I feel like you probably would have had, ideally, by God's grace, a healthy marriage. But that's not our reality, is it? Mm-mm. Like, we're married to one another. Therefore, yes, I have a soulmate. Her name is Selena. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and I have, and we've talked about this, not on YouTube, but in the podcast in the past, of this idea of your standard of beauty or mm-hmm. your standard of attraction and how when you get married, like your spouse now becomes your standard of beauty attraction uh in that i happen to like five foot four <laughs> half hawaiian girls <laughs> not girls a half hawaiian. <laughs> singular singular i happen to like a brown hair brown eyed seafaring <laughs> voyager <laughs> maiden <laughs> anyway uh, uh so yeah we're gonna unpack this idea of a soul makes i think if we have whether consciously or subconsciously we've taken in this idea yeah it can actually be really, really harmful on our marriage because it's, it's, it pigeonholes us and it makes us think about love in terms that are not love. They're not biblical. They're not biblical. Yeah. Before we do that, if you haven't yet, please do subscribe and follow this channel on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. If you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And also while you're at it, leave a rating and a review. That would help us a ton. All right, so where are we going today, Sel? So today we're going to talk about this myth that you mentioned, kind of the myth of a soulmate. Define what it is, kind of put some pegs that we can say, okay, this is what, mm. uh, this is how we would define it. This is what it might look like. Uh, here are the dangers of it within our marriage. Uh, there's pieces, I think, of that philosophy or that idea that can kind of creep in. And so how do we, again, identify just the faulty premise that it is, and then the pieces that might go with that. Mm. And then taking it one step further and saying, okay, what is the gospel truth in this? What is God's design to becoming mm. one? Yeah, That is the idea of, of the mingling of souls, of true soulmatehood, I guess, <laughs> Yeah, that to say. one flesh unity. Yes. Yeah, that consummation of that covenantal union. It's beautiful. Yes. It's, I think it's bigger than we think. And so this yeah. idea uh, that... 
you know, I have to, if I'm a single person, I have to find my soulmate. Or if I am married that, and we're having lots of problems and I get this nervous feeling inside that maybe I didn't marry my soulmate and maybe I should just back up and get back on that ship that we talked about that we told you to burn last week, that can be very harmful. And so we want to identify why is it not, maybe there is a little bit of truth in it, mm. but what's the truth? What's the, what's the falseness of it? Yeah. And how can we begin living out of the truth that we know God has given us in his word? So, so you're going to talk about the ancient but kind of origins of this idea. I mean, just briefly, we, I love getting into like ancient history and understanding ancient civilizations and humanity. I've always loved history, but Um, I want to share a quick personal anecdote uh, because we got married young, still in college (laughs) and (laughs) we were on, we were somewhere and you had, you saw the cousin of one of our friends. Okay. And you said something that was so devastating to me as a young husband and you did not mean it. In a devastating way. Oh, I think dear. you were just being kind of flippant in an, I'll say in an innocent way. You weren't trying to be hurtful, oh, dear. but you said you, you thought this, this. <gasps> oh, yeah. I remember yeah. now. Okay. Oh, goodness. you want to say it? I don't want to relive that. <laughs> you thought that the, this person, this, this young man was very handsome and I you said, basically you said, wow, he's he's attractive. You're talking to me and I forget what you said. Like he's hot or he's fly or whatever, whatever, whatever Selena said. And then he said, if I were married to you, Ooh boy, he said something like that. Oh man. And then you got mad and I was like, what? And I was just like, <laughs> in what universe is this, is this okay, to, okay say? to say? Oh, naive. And I, I got Selena. very insecure, very defensive, very hurt. I probably lashed out in some unhealthy way and said, no. it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I've, I've survived. I made it. This is like this 14 years ago. And now it's coming back. <laughs> it's, coming it's coming back. back but back to... <laughs> and I remember you being kind no. of, yeah, it, yeah, exactly that. You were like, wait, what? Why? It was just, I was just making a, a flippant kind of almost a joke, right. an observation. Yeah. And, and I kind of had to come around to the idea that no, you didn't actually. I don't even know the person. <laughs> but here's the thing. Okay. And we, not we, cause we have, <laughs> we don't do this by God's grace, but many, many couples think on their own, they think, if I weren't married to this man or this yeah. woman, imagine how happy I would be. Or imagine, what if I was or, married to so-and-so? Because that person, oh man, we just, we, we he always laughs, we always laugh together. Uh, he's so funny, he's so charming, or yeah. she's so whatever. Uh, she must be my soulmate. Yeah. Or maybe maybe someone and like so her or something. so I've missed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But not, I, I'm already married. I'm married to, right? I'm married to you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I could be married to this very uh, perfect person. <laughs> And that's that's how this idea kind of it can be dangerous smuggled yep. into our yeah. our marriage when we start thinking and having discontent. And if you go back uh, a few episodes, we talked about uh, kind of the one thing that destroys a yeah. marriage, the the great marriage killer, and that thing was uh, entitlement rooted in pride. Pride, yes, I was like pride. <laughs> <laughs> and and how this that is even informing what we're talking about today is yeah. that I you're not what I deserve. There is somebody better mm. out there who I deserve. And we're going to demystify this myth of a soulmate, or at yes. least, I, I guess, we're gonna find our apart. footing once yeah, again in biblical truth and, and then think about it. So yeah. Yep. Yep. So I, I am recovered from that instance. <laughs> Clearly, I don't ever want to talk about it again. We're right. probably not going to process that this, later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think like you said, there's pieces of us that just, that a subscribe to this idea that we there's a perfect person out there for mm-hmm. us that's going to make us happy all the time 
Uh, and yeah, I mean, Plato quoted Aristophanes. I don't know if that's Aristophanes, not Aristotle. It's is Aristophanes. it Aristophanes, maybe? There it is. I don't know. Um, those, those ancient... Those ancient Greeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but sometimes we just, we we think that we've missed the boat again, mm. right? We, we think that... If, if I didn't marry, like you said, if I didn't marry you, I would probably be so much happier with this person. Well, first of all, that's not who you're married to. So there's this, the foundation of this idea of a soulmate. Uh, there's so much pressure before and in and after of it, right? This, yeah. this undue pressure to, A, try to find that person. I mean, goodness, <laughs> it's an impossible task, a seemingly impossible task. Mm. And then if you do think that you found each other, how do you know that? Like in your marriage, if you decide to get married and you're like, oh, they're my soulmate. And, but what about when problems start happening? Because we're going to have conflict. We're going to not be perfect. Happiness is going to start not being as fresh and not as easy to find, I think. And so there's what do we do with that? Uh, what I hear you saying is there's an implication that by virtue of being someone's soulmate, that means that there's never going to be conflict. There's, well, the there's the expectation of, yes, I'm, of you're there to make me bliss. happy, that we're going to be so happy together, yeah. that, you know, conflict yeah. will get through anything, but we probably won't have much of it because it'll be non-existent because you're my soulmate, right? There's just this deductive kind of reasoning that is illogical hmm. on many fronts. I uh, want to make a quick observation just on the concept of soulmate, and I, and I kind of heard you saying this um, a little bit, but I'm thinking about modern... Uh, I guess spouse hunting. Okay, I'll call it that. <laughs> spouse hunting. <laughs> you're you're on. You know, you're looking for somebody to be yeah. with, right? What you know, you're in high school. We happen to meet in high school. Dated in high school. Dated in college. Got married in college. Well, that's a right around the age when a lot of people are on the hunt, so to speak. <laughs> They're looking for somebody that they yeah. can kind of glom Spend onto in a really yeah, positive yeah, yeah, yeah. way. In modern culture, and by, by modern, I mean over the last fifty years, starting with the sexual revolution in the sixties, fifties, and sixties, uh, we have completely extricated or separated yeah. the soul from the body. Mm. And look at look at all the gender identity issues going on right. in our world today, right? right. It, your body is no longer indicative of who you are on a soul or on an emotional level. I'm not saying yeah, that's true. I'm saying that culturally that's the, that's the yeah. narrative. And so when you say soulmate, it's so interesting to me that you have people that are struggling and groping to find their soulmate. But those same people are the ones that are so quick to give their body away as if it's detached a commodity. From their, yeah. It's completely detached from. In other words, I can I can be sexually intimate with somebody without actually giving my soul to them. Is 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 what the world would say. Biblically speaking, there's no such thing. Right. That we are we are integrated people. We we have a body and a soul. We have a heart and a mind. Like we are multifaceted in in a sense. We we have uh, it, it's all connected, mm-hmm. right? And so when I give myself to a soulmate, I am giving every ounce of myself to, I'm using soulmate in, in worldly Quote ways. Quote fingers. Quote fingers. And so I, I wonder if that's why this is such a struggle for people because they, while they're swiping left and right on the various apps mm. and things and hooking up with people and they're still, they're struggling so badly to find somebody they can actually settle down and live with. Right. Because well, they have completely separated the physicality of their lives with the emotional reality of their lives. Right. And that separation, I think, and leads spiritual. us to the little bit of truth that is in here. Um, 
well, the falseness of that <laughs> that idea of being separate leads us into this mm. this truth that we are multifaceted. Like you said, we are made in God's image. We have, mm. you know, Imago Dei. If we look at God, he's a relational God, right? He's a covenantal God. Mm. He desires relationship with us, if we can, intimate relationship yeah. with us, uh, communion with us. First of all, for him to desire that is is it's a miracle, m- miraculous, and gracious yeah. and merciful. Uh, but for us to also have those same desires is a it, it just follows suit because we're made in his image. Why wouldn't we have those same desires of wanting to have an intimate relationship with somebody? And so this hmm. there that I think the small truth in a soulmate is that we do want someone that we can feel safe with. We want someone that we can um, grow old together and have inside jokes with. And for me as a Christian, like I wanted I wanted some a man who loved the Lord with all his heart, soul, and mind. That was number one on my list. Yes, I had a list, and most people do. <laughs> and it's, I did not have a list. A mental list, probably. I had an actual list. You don't yeah, like lists. I had a list. It was Selena. That mm-hmm. was the list. Aw. <laughs> so sweet. I'll, maybe one day we'll share my love at first sight story. So, so the truth <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is that we are relational beings, no matter how... Yeah. Uh, what is the word? No matter how... Not... What's... The, when you're just like internal, like independent, no people that don't like to be around other people, introvert. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how deep of an introvert you might be, like right. you still you still desire some level of relationship yeah. with someone, right? Because there's this yeah. God, there's this God piece of us, this design. This, we, we are made in, in the image of God, but the falseness yeah. of it, the falseness, I think, comes yeah. when we're talking about this idea that your soulmate is an upfront thing. It's it's not a qualifier, I think. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not going to find that one perfect person. Actually, hmm. God has brought me this imperfect person, and his plan is better for me because of this, the imperfections. And the qualifier is not that you are my match, and it's not you making me whole either. I am not an incomplete per- person if I'm not, if I don't find my soulmate. My identity is, first of all, in Christ, right? And so... Hmm. The falseness of this idea that a soulmate is my other half, that's they're, they're my complete, they complete me, is, is not biblical. Mm-mm. And so, again, you're starting to see the problems with the falseness of this idea. We have, we want relationship, but we put all the pressure on it having to be perfect. And we put all the pressure on the person or the relationship to be problem-free or to be mostly happy and not harmful. I wonder if maybe one way to paint this contrast succinctly would be to say, instead of looking for a soulmate, we need to be searching for mates for our souls. That's a very different orientation, right? Mm -hmm. Because now I'm realizing that I am a soul, you are a soul, we are going to join together. Mm -hmm. And we can be, by virtue of just doing the joining, you are now my mate, right? Therefore, you are my soul mate, my soul's mate. There's a (laughs) quote I want to use right here. Um, It was... We really like God questions. So if you're a Christian believer, anybody, actually anybody, just go check it out. Uh, you can type in any question you want. And it gives an amazing biblical answer. Uh, any question. Any question. I, I said soulmate. Is there such thing as a soulmate, right? It comes up. They said if you're married, the person you're married to is your soulmate. Mark Boom. That's, 10, that's it. 7 through 9 declares a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and two, the two will become one flesh. Mm. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. A husband and a wife are united. This is, okay, shall not separate. End Bible verse. A husband, this has got questions. A husband and wife are united, mm-hmm. one flesh, no longer two, but one joined together, i.e. soulmates. Wow. 
So if you're married, you are soulmates. I love it. We are not soulmates to get married. It's not a precursor to marriage. It's yes. a result of marriage. Is yes. What you're saying. Yes. Very good. Okay. And did we ever get to the ancient piece? I feel like we maybe glossed over that. The, the Greek. Did you get in the Greek side? I didn't go deep into it. They, oh, okay. It's just this idea that a soulmate impl- implies that you are, you, you're, you, half, of half of you got of you taken away there. at some point. Okay. Yeah. There was a lot of stories in ancient Greek myths about how people were torn apart and they were incomplete and they didn't right. have their soulmate. So they, they were, you know, lacking in, in humongous ways. <laughs> I don't know. It was made way and, more poetic than I okay, could ever say that maybe be, may, might be an ancient example of a modern expression of that which yeah. is in many churches the singles ministry is oftentimes like kind of the like the basement ministry right it's the one that they kind of just put off to the side it's the one that gets kind of the, the least amount of attention because you got the family the marriage ministry the men's ministry the kids ministry the women's ministry oh yeah we got to have some singles and even single friends they're like they we have we have we have at least the, a few good single yeah, friends i would say the calling to, calling to singleness is probably it's mighty. almost yeah. And Paul said it was better. Yeah. I'd say it's harder too. <laughs> and so I think as at Christianity, we need to stop this in our own minds and even in some of the church settings saying that like, because you're not married, that somehow you are lacking as a person. That's not a biblical idea. Mm-hmm. Like Selena said, we are a man, woman made in equal value, worth and importance, wholly made in the whole image of God. Mm-hmm. It's not, Selena doesn't reflect half of God's image and I reflect the other half of God's image. No, we are imprints of the character of the holy god mm. in a certain way and so i that's kind of a modern expression a christian expression of, of what you've described the ancient greeks um were, were proponents of yeah so one of the things so here at fierce marriage we talk about it fierce marriage is, it takes a fierce tenacity to never give up and never give in and this idea of okay we've we're married we're having a lot of problems this person over here, maybe I missed my calling and you are not actually my soulmate. Do you see how that can kind of wane your tenacity to fight for each other mm. when in those moments that you should be fighting for one another? Not in the moments, not when we, you shouldn't be looking away. We shouldn't be going to that boat that we talked about, the backup plan, yeah. the, the well, if this doesn't work out, then I'm going to go over here. No, we burned those ships. We've burned those boats. This idea of soulmate is something we grow into. It is not something that I'm searching for. It's already, I've already found it if I've gotten married to, if I've chosen to marry this like, person. It would be as if you were saying, I've hitched my wagon to a lame horse. Right. That's not what marriage is. No. <laughs> like, I mean, it is. We are all broken. If I've hitched my wagon to a lame horse, then I'm going to hitch my wagon to a better horse because <laughs> this horse is lame. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, no, it's like there's there's a much deeper union that is un, um, it can't be reversed. Right. From a biblical standpoint. Right. And this idea of, of mingling of souls, of two becoming one flesh, uh, reflecting, you know, the unity of the Trinity and reflecting the deeper things of God that we don't even know right now. I think this side of, of heaven, hmm. of heaven and earth, we, marriage is such a, a, a deep well. <laughs> and to understand his design for it, definitely helps mm. us understand how this idea of searching for your soulmate is a false premise. Yeah. Uh, getting married and having your souls become one, it's its not just for your own happiness, which again, mm. this idea of a soulmate is, is derived from this 
idea of being selfish and I want happiness and I want this person to only make me happy and the contractual view, right, of if you're not making me happy, then maybe this is, we start questioning that. When truly, like, marriage is for our sanctification, for uh, our good, for ultimately God's glory. Mm. And how do we how do we do that? And I would say the first word that comes to my mind is obedience. <laughs> um, because our intimacy and our in our relationship can only come from our obedience to God, to scripture. Ephesians 5 is the passage that no one likes to hear, but everyone wants to read. I do too. (laughs) About wives submitting and husbands loving and husbands giving themselves up. Mm -hmm. This is the path. This is the path of obedience and obedience leads to life and to thriving. Okay. So again, looking at this idea of the soulmate and reading that passage now in light of maybe our modern understanding of what a soulmate should be yeah. again speaking from modern understandings of the term why should i submit as a wife to a husband who is not honorable who's not okay he's not the man that he should be or why should i love has. a wife mm. who doesn't respect me hmm. why should i do that my soulmate would respect me the way i deserve oh my soulmate would be an honorable man hmm. Right. Speaking as a wife, <laughs> don't clip that and post it anywhere. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like the narrative that there is something yeah. very countercultural about mm-hmm. this passage. If we really it, now, it's easy to live by this when Selena, when you and I are doing great, when we're connecting, we're communicating, and I'm loving you well, you're loving me well, and everything's grand. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as it gets hard, yeah, you use the word obedience. That's when we obey because it's easy to do the right thing when the right thing is what I already want to do. Right. That's not obedience. That just happens to be a coincidence. Of, That's of, a line of desires of God. I think when God gives you desires that you should have. Yes. And it is obedience, your desires. but it, not in the same sense. Right. I agree. It takes a certain amount of submission and trust mm. in God to say, I'm going to obey you even when I do not want to. Mm-hmm. Because I'm gonna, because you have said this is my soulmate. Mm. It's it's the the mate for my soul, so good. and that was decided that day when we stood before God and witnesses and said, mm. "I do till death do us part." But the problem with Ephesians five is people read it and they bring in, they import all of this wrong understanding and all this broken experience mm. into the passage. And what they fail to realize is that Paul is not creating some new structure within which marriages are now to flourish in light of Pauline teaching. Mm. Right? Paul is just reinforced. He's showing us the way back to the garden. All of everything that you have, everything that Paul describes in Ephesians 5 toward the end is just, here's the path back to the garden before everything broke. Mm. There was already a beautiful order in place. So good. And I'm going a bit off off the topic here. (laughs) But the point is, is that he's not saying, if this, then that. He's saying, do this to get back to that because this is what it looks like to trust the Lord in your marriage. Mm -hmm. And the soulmate idea would have us believe that if this does not exist, then now I have an excuse to effectively rebel against God. Right. And we would never put it in those terms, but that's what it, that's what it effectively is. Right. And marrying, marrying the wrong person is, is not in the Bible. It's not grounds for 
divorce. We'll just say that. And claiming that you married the wrong person and that you'll never be happy with them until you find your true soulmate, like un- not biblical at all. <laughs> Both respects. Not biblical. And that's the thing we need to really harp on here because listen, if you're watching this, you're listening to this, you're thinking to myself, I married the wrong person. We're here to tell you that you, sorry, but you do not have biblical grounds to pull the plug. And you just said that. Mm-hmm. And you need to hear that because if we believe what we're what we're saying here, then our response to that, oh, I think I might have made a mistake is not I need to run. Instead, it's I need to run to the arms of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I need to pray. I need to ask for intervention. I need to get some community around me. I need to begin loving the way Paul has shown in Corinthians and in Ephesians. Well, and I forget Trusting where... the Lord that that love will bear a fruit. Right. Yeah. And I forget where, I should know this verse, but where... Uh, where we're called to be imitators of God. Ephesians 5.1. It's still Ephesians 5? Okay. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> we'll be imitators of, of God as dearly loved children. And that's a huge idea that we can't really imitate what we don't have affection for. We can't have affection for that which we have not truly known or experienced. And so the our, our but, knowing God is crucial to us being affectionate toward God and having a chance of imitating God. I would agree with that. I can't imitate something I don't know. However, I can imitate someone, even if I don't feel like, I can not feel like I want to love you or I can feel all the feelings that that I'm wrong or that you're wrong and that I should go seek out my soulmate. But if I am an imitator of God, God sticks to his covenants. Mm. God does not walk away from a covenant that he's made. And so how can I imitate God in this moment? How did Christ Mm. illustrate the love of God? How can we imitate Christ? We don't necessarily go hang on a cross but what is the cross that we can hang on right that we can say i'm going to give up myself for this Mm. marriage and this person and Mm. father forgive them they know not what they do i mean how can there's no better example here's the thing though most would say yeah you know that makes sense love love would take the bullet would would throw themselves on the grenade so to speak (laughs) But you know, hanging on a, hanging on a cross is brutal imagery, and to and, and so the where the rubber meets that road is I think of a woman that we know, who her husband left her tragic. She had I think two daughters at home, young. He left wanted he made all this money, wanted to go live the kind mm. of the player lifestyle. Ended up having all these different girlfriends, wives, houses, money, all the things that he could possibly want for twenty years. Mm-hmm. We're talking about hanging on a cross here. We're talking mm. about Paul in. Romans talking about being a living sacrifice, someone who dies on a continual basis. Mm. When you think about being a sacrifice, that's one thing. You, you, you die and it's done. Being a living sacrifice, it's ongoing. It never stops. And any worldly version of justice would say that I don't deserve that. I deserve better. Mm. I don't, that is brutal. I don't want to, <laughs> to die every moment of every day to myself. But that's the call, isn't it? To be a living sacrifice, to be be an imitator of God. And here's the thing, that woman that her husband left for 20 years, she stood for 20 years. She She contended. I think they might have been officially divorced because that's the paperwork, but she in her mind said, I'm not, that's my husband still. I'm I'm not going to... Not Stop in a weird way. For, she stood for him. Yeah, she, she was lived contending her life. for. Yeah, she was contending for her husband's heart for his for their marriage. Uh, she believed, and she'll tell you today, she believed that God would bring him back and that they would be reunited, and they have. And they were reunited. <laughs> they were. Twenty years later, he came back and said, "I'm sorry. Yeah. I repent." God did something in that man's heart mm-hmm. that that woman, her whole adult life, pretty much. Yeah. 
Like she could, I think about how that ends badly because it does end badly in Mm -hmm. some cases Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the contention, the contending doesn't end in the way we want it to. And, and that woman could have ended her, she's still alive, but she could be living single as a single woman right now Mm -hmm. in having far fewer resources, having far fewer prospects in terms of life and retirement and all those sorts of things. But God, for some reason was gracious in that moment. And that man's heart was, was softened toward her and toward him. And we are not guaranteed that. That's the really mm-hmm. tough, that's the really tough big pill to swallow is that if the soulmate, that, as we're describing soulmate, the person that we are mingled with, that we are one flesh with, if that person really leaves the, the marriage, we are left with one option, trust in God. Either we, 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 whether or not that person comes back, we are left with one option. That is really hard to swallow. And we're not here just trying to gloss over that, but if we, by God's version of the soulmate, which is the person I'm married to, that gets rid of those backup plans, like we talked about last mm-hmm. week. It burns the ships. Mm-hmm. If both cu- if both husband and wife have burned those ships, then you're going to thrive. Even even in your conflict, you're going to thrive right. and grow. Right. But if you have bought this idea of a worldly soulmate, and you thought maybe I missed it, I'm missing out on something that I deserve, something better, greater, happier, whatever. Right. That's where you get the brokenness that's happening. Where you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. How do we then, since we've mm. unpacked what kind of the worldly view of a soulmate, how, how the culture would define that, and then how the Bible would define what a soulmate is, how can we then become the soulmates that we, we desire, right? Mm. How can we then become uh, not just the person that makes our spouse happy, not just the person who, you know, takes care of all the things and loves them well and is perfect, but how do we cultivate uh intimacy with each other and how mm. do we begin you know if if communication is really hard for us and we that's kind of been something it's weird we're like 18 years into marriage and sometimes i'm like i don't understand anything that you're saying right now <laughs> i i could i used to be able to like read your thoughts and now you say i try to read your thoughts and i i'm not reading them <laughs> i say things i never said i get in trouble for things I never said no not true that she thought i might nope. say <laughs> i think the, the first thing is Love. Okay. So love each other as we ourselves want to be loved. Love each other as yourself. Uh, a pithy kind of marriage quote is to be the spouse that you want to be married to. I think that's, that's a new way of saying the same truth that we heard in the Bible. Love one another mm. as you yourself want to be loved. And that that can only be possible if we look to Christ. Right. Well, in Ephesians 5 says, you know, for husbands to love your wives as Christ has loved the church and mm-hmm. wives submit uh, this we sh- I shouldn't even just go there, but that's, <laughs> that's really loaded. It's not what you think it means. It's but not it's, what it's you better. think it means. Well, or worse, depending on it's better. <laughs> your worldview. So I think it's better. But so how can we? You get, think it's better? <laughs> yes. How can we divide? So that that should say. Something. I can't say that I because think, people. Will, yeah, people I think will that submission is a beautiful picture. And I didn't make her say that. That God is. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. I'm saying this on my own accord. <laughs> I trust God's word. Ooh, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> so right. three quick things of how we can cultivate soul mateness, I guess, how are, <laughs> the depth, the intimacy of being soulmates. How can we do that in our marriage? Uh, the first one would be the, this, all of these in- encapsulate just spiritual disciplines. So reading your Bible together, God's truth mm. in your life. It is the guidebook instruction manual, whatever you want to call it. He's given us the path forward. He's written it down. Live 
in your Bible. Live in the things of God. Pursue mm. understanding and knowledge and wisdom. This is the first, I feel like this is probably one of the first steps if you're struggling in your marriage to say, what does the Bible say about this? What does the yeah. Bible say about the struggles? What does the Bible say about a soulmate? I can't type in soulmate in my Bible. That doesn't come up. <laughs> yeah. But what does God say about marriage and uh, about covenant? Good. I'm just going to add to reading your Bible. I'm going to say, read your Bible well. And what I mean by that is that get you need if you don't understand something, don't stop there. Mm. Get a commentary. That's get good. Learn what it means to read scripture. Like I'm amazed at how many people don't understand the the genre, biblical genres and how genre helps us interpret scripture faithfully so that we're actually reading for what it means, not what we want it to mean or what we think it should mean. Okay. And that's a big, so it has to do with how you study the word. I'm just saying that let's grow out of the milk phase of our lives and let's, let's get into the meat. Sure. Chewing on the meat of scripture. And you know what? I, I, I think you can do it. Yeah. God's given you. you strength. You can, we can, it's, it's Ask, fun to wrestle with scripture. I will say that it's fun yeah. because God shows up. Yeah. And the truth is there and it's big and bright and wonderful. And you have those epiphany moments and you also have just the day-to-day consistency of truth reminding us that mm. we can love one another. I can submit, we can yeah. give of ourselves. And that is a well, beautiful, that to the good next, thing. That speaks to this piece here is read your Bible, read your Bible well, and read your Bible under its authority. Don't make, don't subjugate it to your authority. Mm-hmm. In other words, don't Hold it to your standard, but instead say, this is the standard of truth that I'm now going to hold myself to. Right. That's a different orientation altogether. So three spiritual discipline, First disciplines. One, Bible reading. Mm-hmm. Second one, prayer. Mm-hmm. Pray for each other, pray with each other. If you don't know a lot about what that might look like, we actually have books. Go to 40prayers.com. You have two books, 40 Prayers for My Husband, 40 Prayers for My Wife. Yeah. They're specifically designed and written by us to help you understand what it means to contend for your spouse before the living, good, and true God. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, go to 40prayers.com. You can find those there. And then the third one is worship. Worship. So if a family is reading the Bible together, a husband and a wife are reading the Bible together, if they're praying together and they're worshiping together, th- there's a good chance they're going to be mm. a really strong soul mate connection mm-hmm. because they are treating it as such. They're, they're, they're realizing that this marriage of ours is not just about a transaction. It's not just about our tr- attraction well, to one another. It's about to a soul connection yeah. that we... That needs to be cultivated. That needs to be cultivated. We yeah. buried the By lead. By the things of God. <laughs> yeah. We do that. <laughs> we tend to do that because we process in real time. So worship, oh, what specifically, there's three kind of areas of worship Traditionally, biblically speaking, there's what's called secret worship, which is between you and God yourself. Like that's you and God, just you. No one else can under, can experience a relationship that you have with God personally. Um, and that's based on scripture. That's based on all that. Then there's private worship, which is our family worshiping together. Mm-hmm. Devotions around the table, breakfast, dinner table, at night before you go to bed. Talking, gathering around the warm mm-hmm. fire of the word of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then public worship. Be a part of a church. <laughs> like the church is not some arbitrary thing. It's yeah. God's idea. It's God's design. Go enjoy, be a part of it. Add to the body of believers. Mm-hmm. If you do that as a couple, that will help you um, become soulmates on a deeper level. Right. So just a prayer and encouragement is God help us to demystify this idea yeah. uh, that we missed marrying our soulmate. Like give us eyes to see, soften our hearts, enlarge yeah. in our hearts to love one another the way you have loved us. Mm-hmm. And so we would just pray that for you. Uh, we pray that God would just help you wherever you're at in your marriage, the struggles, the joys, all of the yeah. things, all of the days, 
you didn't miss your soulmate. Your soulmate's right next to you. And God has given them a gift. And sorry, giving mm. you a gift in them. <laughs> You've gotten a gift in me. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple's conversation challenge, something you guys can maybe wrestle with and talk about is how can we begin cultivating one of these spiritual disciplines together? Mm. That's good. That's good. All right. What a relief it is to know that you mm. are Amen. with your soulmate. Amen. You don't have to wonder. Mm. All you need to do is trust. Yeah. Trust the Lord. Love the way he showed you to love. Love the way he commanded you to love and trust. Yeah. And what a gift. What a relief. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for <sighs> this woman of mine that you've given me this gift in Selena. I pray for the husbands and wives watching or hearing this, that they would be encouraged, that they would be um, stricken with the sense of, uh, of wonder and awe in your design. And I pray that they would see a step a way forward mm. to, to find that first step down this path toward whatever journey they're on whether mm. it's a challenge or whether it's a change or just growing as a couple or that you would bless them allow them to flourish for their good and your glory in your name jesus amen amen all right this episode of fierce marriage is in the can see you again in seven days so until then stay fierce